0: Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. <laughs> Yangway sanse Rajinu pili chalagi sansei. Rajinu pili chalagi. Puna pindako Argalagi na yangoy. Puna pinnako Argalagi na yangoy sanse. Rajnu pili chalagi sanse. Rajinu pili chalagi. My name is Sharon. And I get to give the first sermon of 2023. And I can't think of a better way to start up a year than to talk about the all-encompassing, all-encompassing, expansive, all-inclusive love of God that he has that extends all around the world and back again. And I can't think of a better way to start the year than to be reminded that everyone we see, everyone we meet, in every culture we encounter has the imprint of God on them. We are here to cherish the nations as God does. As I was trying to get ready for this, I have like a universe of thoughts inside my head, and I've got one little mouth to try to communicate them with. So we'll see what comes out. I'm not quite sure. Um, And part of it is because how in the world can I or anybody else comprehend or try to communicate the love of God? We don't have words to communicate it. One of my favorite quotes was always, we have words, but words aren't enough. How can we communicate God's love for the nations? I'm a global nomad, so I grew up among the world's cultures. I've been given the grace to be a part of, to live with, to cry, to celebrate, to speak in four languages and cultures. God is gracious and he is good, but that doesn't make me any more than anybody else. God's love is beyond what we can imagine. Sometimes I sense God's love is so deep that my heart isn't big enough to contain it because it's not. But we have the whole world, we have the whole universe to contain it. I grew up camping in jungles, sleeping in straw piles, hiking in the foothills of the Himalayas, sleeping in cow sheds, sitting on the floor, eating rice and curry with my fingers, shopping in bazaars, drinking tea with milk and sugar while a whole village crowded in to look at us through the door. I grew up um, struggling with my identity. Who am I? Because everybody here that lives in just one culture or even two cultures, your identity is based in the culture around you, the people around you. My only identity was being different. My only identity was being um, international. I had no home. I had no center of gravity. I went to boarding school. I didn't have a home. But deep down through all the layers of culture, finally after years of counseling and after lots and lots of healing, I found my home inside with God. And I'm at home. And I can go from culture to culture like changing hats. I one time I went through three different cultures and three different languages and each time I had to try to find the words and didn't bring me home because my home is here. I love this theme, cherishing the nations, and I don't want to just stand here and talk about it. I want to personalize it. So I put together some pictures, not a whole lot, just a few. I've got a billion, bajillion, so many pictures, it would take me 18 years to go through them all to figure out the best ones. So I just pulled out it really quickly a few of them. I also in, threw in some of my husband Malcolm's pictures. Um, We were both born to missionary parents. He was born in Japan the same year I was born in India. Um, I came back to the States for college and grad school, and then I went back to Asia where I spent the rest of my adult life until 10 years ago. Um, So I put together a PowerPoint of some of the things. Because of my background, changing cultures and languages is easy. Sitting in the presence of God is what fills me. God loves the nations, his nations, we all know this. Ron talked about it in his newsletter. So what I'm going to do is, as I do the PowerPoint with different pictures, I'm going to put up scriptures, and we're going to read it together, chorally. And I want the left side of the room, my right, the left side of the room to read the left side of the screen, Right side of the room to read the right side of the screen in the middle of the room, you just decide which side you're on. Okay, so we're gonna start, and as I talk, we're gonna keep pausing to remind ourselves there are so many scriptures that talk about God's love for the nations. So we're gonna look at those while I talk. So let's start over here. All the ends of the earth will remember. And turn to the Lord. Good. Next one. Are there more people sitting over here? You guys are okay. You're just louder. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Did you know that people, sociologists estimate more than 15,000 ethno-linguistic groups in the world? They say there are 7,000 languages. An ethno-linguistic group means people that share a common ethnicity as well as a common language as well as a common cultural heritage. 15,000 Groups of people with unique cultures and ways of seeing the world and 15,000 groups of people for Jesus to enter into with his love to learn the true meaning of forgiveness and freedom of compassion and to be transformed. Next slide. Okay. Oh, sorry. There we go. Next one <laughs> Okay, next slide. So um, population of Africa, there's actually a picture of India, but a population of Africa is 1.47 billion people. They have, 2,158 living languages. That means people are still speaking them. Africa's main languages are Swahili, Amharic, Yoruba, Aroma, Hausa, Igbo, Zulu, and Shona. These are just languages, they represent people and cultures and hearts. Okay, next slide. Next one. The Americas, North America, South America, Central America, Caribbean islands. Population of 1.37 billion people. Number of living languages in the Americans is, Americas is 1,064. of all the languages. In Africa, it's 31% of all the languages. The main languages here are Spanish, English, Portuguese, and French. They have mostly displaced the original um, um, pre-Columbian, meaning before Columbus, indigenous languages. Lots of worship going on here in many languages. Okay, next slide. This is a picture of the Himalayas, but <laughs> I'm going to talk about. Uh, this was actually, I'll just tell you, it's a, it was a festival where people would climb up and over a mountain and down the other side for a special religious festival. And they have a special word for old lady, I mean, is Mola. And I went hiking and they said, oh, the old lady is coming. I remember that, but I passed them all, it doesn't matter. Okay, Australia, Oceania, Pacific region comprises Australia, New Zealand, and the islands of Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. Population, 45 million. Number of living languages, 1,324. 18% of all languages. Think of all those languages that can be used to praise. Okay, next slide. Next slide. (laughs) Europe, this is not Europe, but (laughs) I put the slides together and then I changed my talk around, but I had already sent the slides in, so we'll have slides that doesn't matter. The European region comprises the countries of Europe and the European part of Russia. 744,271,000 languages. 3% of all the languages. Okay, next one. He calls us from all over the world. We are all unique. In his eyes, we will all bow down before the throne and worship the Lamb of God. We will celebrate his love and glory together, as we didn't see in the video, (laughs) the video that will follow. Um, But that's the end of the story. Let's go back to the beginning. Next slide. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. God blessed them. I'm sorry, yeah. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Let's look at that again. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky over every living creature that moves on the ground. Did you know that Sumerian Babylonian mythology, humans were created to be slaves of the gods? By contrast, we were created to rule over and subdue the earth. As God's image bearers and stewards of his good earth, we reign and rule in fascinating and diverse ways. The capacity for creating culture comes from God. He made us to exist inside of culture. We don't exist outside of culture. We have a relational God that made us to be relational people. We have the need and capacity to be innovative in our cultural frameworks. Just like the body is the frame for our soul, culture is the frame for the individual can't have one without the other well we can have the soul without the body not here on earth we can't have the body without a soul We can't have a person without a culture culture is rooted in the nature of God he creates he rules he communicates he is social and he has made us to do the same Our cultures and languages, our music and art, our buildings and government systems are all examples of God's creative imprint on our hearts. As we rule, we create. Look around the room, see all the creativity that's here. Think of creative minds at work. I tried to think now if I passed out a piece of paper to everybody, what would you make? Probably airplanes, but... um, uh, but anyway, I did. I gave thought to, okay, let's take some time to create. People in different cultures create things differently. It's just amazing how they do it. As we rule, we build. Think of the pyramids, think of the Great Wall, think of Shinto temples in Japan, the Empire State Building. We've been w- building our way through history. As we rule, we dream. We dream about new ways to do things. We dream up ideas. Did you know that the person who invented the needle for the sewing machine couldn't figure it out, and he had a dream of an Indian tribe that showed him how to put a hole in a, fi- in a fishbone? Came to him in a dream. Don't ask my husband about his dreams. <laughs> OK. Um, he, can we, may, as we rule, we explore course. We exist as California because of explorers. The U.S. exists as it is because of explorers. We were down in Baja (coughs) for a couple weeks in December, and a family there had been out exploring around, and they found some old Indian paintings in a cave. They were exploring. They found those. (coughs) Excuse me. As we rule, we change. We have the Endless capacity to change. Last week I was at the funeral for an aunt and uncle who actually just passed away from COVID. And while I was sitting there watching, I was thinking about change over decades. He was 93, she was 86. They were once young. How the U.S. has changed since then. He was a veteran of the uh, Korean War. But the world has changed, and we have the capacity to keep changing. That is all part of the imprint of God, the creativity of God that he put into us. He didn't put it into anything else. You never see a dog getting up on any day of the week and saying, I think I'll go to church today. We have the ability to think and to worship, to change. He gave us the ability to solve. As we rule over his creation, we solve problems. All culture is about solving the challenges we face so that we can flourish in our environments. Um, People living in a floodplain solve their problem by putting their house up on stilts. Uh, Indians in the villages that I grew up in only had mud to make a house out of. So what do you do with mud? It's going to get dusty and terrible. Well, they made a solution that you probably won't like, you've probably never heard of. But They take cow manure, mix it with water, put it on the wall, and it made a nice crust. did not smell bad. Then they could sweep it, keep the house clean. They were fine. That was their solution. People in Nepalese villages build from wood, but every ethnic group in different villages have a different style to their houses made out of wood. Nomadic peoples in Africa, Norway, the Tibetan plateau all live differently depending on their physical circumstances. Um, on the high plateaus of Tibet, temperatures can sometimes go f- drop 80 degrees in one day. It can drop 80 degrees. So if you see a picture, I don't know that I, I don't think I have one, of a Tibetan man in a sheepskin coat. It's a heavy, heavy coat, but then they take off one sleeve. Then they feel cooler. Then they can put the other sleeve on. They tie it around their waist. They can walk around, take off both sleeves, but you always have your coat with you to put it back on when the temperatures drop or to take it off when the temperatures um, rise. <coughs> That's how they solve their problem. They're very creative. We rule as we serve. People in many developing cultures are very, very gracious hosts. I was thinking, I was telling my husband this morning, um, one time we went to a village in India, and they always served us tea, but sometimes they were too poor to have sugar or milk, so they would put salt in the tea to give it a little bit of flavor. Well, she didn't, we didn't have time to stay. So she gave us 10 rupees to go and buy tea for ourselves. That would have bought two cups of tea. There were about six or eight of us, but that's all she had. But she gave it. She was very, very gracious. People serve. Um, Going to some Asian countries, um, they'll serve you tea, and if you drink it, they'll refill your cup. And so butter tea, tea with butter in it, is popular high in the himalayas and at a monastery some foreigners went and they got a cup of butter tea they drank it the monks filled their cup they drank it the monks filled their cup they drank it until they'd had 12 cups of butter tea and they went home sick (laughs) (laughs) but they're very gracious and we rule as we serve we rule as we work We fill the earth, we rule over the earth, we till the earth, you may have agriculture, we figure out ways to beat the earth into submission, to subdue it, we guard the earth. So again, mountainous regions will terrace their fields, make a little terrace and then a wall and then a terrace so they can have a flat field for their crops to grow on. In Illinois, Kansas, big open wide flat places, different kinds of fields. But we don't do any of this alone. We do it in communities, we do it in cultures. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Okay, now the next slide. We don't exist in isolation. But in cultures that express our God-given creativity in endlessly innovative ways. So, uh, sorry, back one. Oh, no. okay, there we go. Thank you. So this is pygmies... Created their little musical instrument. Okay. The next one. There we go. This is North Korea. I had a chance to go there. Um, Raised with with, um, revolution, revolution, revolution. Okay. Next one. A mosque in Istanbul. Beautiful. Okay. Endlessly creative ways. Think of the ways we clothe ourselves. That's why I had to dress this way today. This is in a village in a mountain in Asia. These are fox fur hats. I got one one year. <laughs> okay. All these different ways of putting on clothing. Here they have both sleeves in their coats because it's very cold. You can see. Okay. Lebanon. Lebanon and pygmies. Oh, I don't know how that one got there. Take that (laughs) down. Okay. Okay. Next slide. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay next one. We see creativity in the food that we eat. Yeah this one sorry I couldn't go back. Um, There we go. This one was a New Year's festival in a village in a mountainous area and there you will see chicken feet, you'll see pork ears, you'll see all kinds of things. In this village people heard Pigs. Most people don't think of herding pigs in the Bible. Somebody herded pigs. But usually people herd sheep or goats or cows. Well, they herd pigs and they have lots and lots and they always kill a baby pig for their guest. Well, you can guess what we had for lunch was baby pig. Okay, next one. Okay, this is hot pot food that we eat. Next one. Another, this is supposed to be a video. My videos aren't working. I put lots of little videos in my presentation. This is another bubbling hot pot. Okay. And this one is duck tongues. You never imagined that you could eat the tongue of a duck. And I was really sad because at the same meal we had rabbit heads, but uh, the picture didn't come out very well, so no rabbit heads to show you. Okay, next one. And this is a New Year's feast. We have dried meat and we have a fried bread. Uh, yak meat, <laughs> dried yak meat. Okay, next one. This is a traditional meal in an Ecuador. Uh, sorry, yeah, in an Ecuadorian village. We had this at a tourist restaurant, but this is a traditional meal. The next one. Snails, anyone? What are you going to do when that's all you have to eat? Okay. And the next one. This one is the end of a feast in India where there's rice and curry and other things. The end of a feast. Okay, another slide with more scriptures over here. Look out for the wine. Okay. All of us in our uniqueness glorify him. Prayer and praise are essential to the life of worship. So is the work of filling the earth and ruling it. We are expressing God's nature. Ever since Adam and Eve, humans have worked creatively, creatively worked out their own cultural norms in every setting where they find them. He calls us to feast at his table, to know his love. Every culture celebrates with food, but so many different ways. Come, come, everybody, feast with him. Hey, And then the ways we build. I already talked about building earlier, but yes, there are many unique and wonderful ways of building. Next slide. This is the variety of homes we have. Structures we build are astounding. This is a nomad tent up on the Himalayan highlands. Okay, next one. Okay, this is yeah. It's just a on the hill a temple on a hill. Another temple on a hill. This is the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul. Great Wall. Dutch fort in Sri Lanka, and a pygmy hut in the Aturi rainforest. All the different spaces we make to live in that we create for ourselves, a Hindu temple, the Taj Mahal. Of course, God's creativity is seen uh, through culture is seen in more ways than we can ever list. There's way more ways than we can ever talk about. And this is just really limited. But it's a small taste of the endless ways that we have to uh, express our creativity. We endlessly innovate religious, ethical systems, ideas about beauty, about ourselves, about time, about space. Okay, next one. Festivals and rituals. This is a festival of lights to commemorate the death of a famous religious teacher. Funerals and weddings, all endlessly creative ways. Weddings that last uh, a whole week. Or when somebody dies, take them to a sky burial where the vultures will consume them and then the earth, the water, the land is not contaminated but the person's body goes back into helping another living thing. That's a value. We would never think of it because we have a different value system. Uh, Next one, hospitality and service. As I already mentioned, Asian cultures are very, very gracious, very, very gracious. These are the people I grew up among. Every time we visited, not every time, often when we visited, they would greet visitors with um, washing their feet, travelers. And now with cars and shoes and socks, it always felt a little bit funny because our feet weren't dirty, but that was their graciousness. And this lady, actually, who's washing our feet here, she worked in our home. So She worked in our home, and then when we go to her house, she served us again. It's beautiful. Okay, next one. And I'm very, very sorry, but my videos aren't playing because the guy on the right, I don't have a picture of somebody standing backwards for nothing. He's dancing while he works, okay? So he's singing and dancing, working and playing, and I've been a part of several cultures where people, the community will come together and they sing. So they... they. Um, In the Himalayas, a lot of the roofs are made of mud, of of dirt, but they have to pound it down. The whole community would come with a long pole and a flat thing, and they would just sing and dance and sing and dance the day away, and work together in that way. So um, work and play, and you don't need me to go into more. There's so many ways that we work and play. Okay. And then the next video, again, they were dancing in a circle. The videos aren't playing. I put them into my PowerPoint. And this is a circle dance for my friend's 80th birth, 90th birthday. She invited the whole village, the whole community to come out. Probably 200 people there worked together to make food and serve the, serve the village. Okay, next one. Things of faith, religion, history, and politics... All of these are differences, and all of these express God's immense creativity because he put that creativity in us. We, around the world, every culture functions in social, ethical, economic, and political systems. We had the ability to create things for worship. It's astounding. I went into one Himalayan village where they said, I'm oh, sorry, um, near a monastery, there was a cave. And they said there's a footprint of one of the famous religious teachers here. So you go in, and it doesn't look like a footprint, but somebody's decided that his footprint is in the rock. And you go over the mountain, on the other side will be another footprint, and up here will be his eye. Somehow they figure out ways in these caves to find things to worship. Even though they are worshiping things that they have created It's still a form of expression of the creativity of God in them. God's plan is for human societies to be diverse. We celebrate that diversity. There's no one culture that is higher than another. We are all, in God's eyes, his precious creation, Every culture I've been a part of believes that they do things the right way. So there's American pride, there's Indian pride, there's Chinese pride, there's Tibetan pride, there's Arabic pride. uh, It just goes on and on and on because what we're familiar with, we believe is right. Every culture believes that they know it right, but there is no culture more superior. And we all know that's only half of the story. Our creativity is amazing. The imprint of God in our cultures is amazing. But sin has also entered. We live in a broken world and we haven't done a very good job of ruling. We use our ability to rule, to suppress, to oppress. Sometimes our greed, our need to protect our resources, our selfishness leads to war and destruction. You don't need me to talk about the breakdowns in American culture, the deep divide, the culture wars, selfishness, greed, loss of our center of gravity, warring tribalism is still with us. There's a darkness in every culture around the globe. We can see the imprint of God in every culture, and we can see the destruction of evil at the same time. We fight. We hate. The same God whose image can be seen in every nation, language, and people grieves for our brokenness and loves beyond our ability to comprehend and redeems us all. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. Who is us? He made his dwelling among us. Here, here. Well, Israel, yes, but here, India, everywhere, he made his dwelling among us, no matter what our culture, what our language. There is no greater joy than to see God come and dwell. The next slide. Oh, sorry. God loves the nations. We're all reflections we're all reflections of his glory and image. He redeems all cultures, calls all to his heart. I had another video about God redeeming culture of friends. I grew up this way singing. The song I started at the beginning is a song about the wise men going, following the star. And we would sing and we would dance with our friends all night, singing Bible stories. Whereas before they used to tell the history of their culture, they used to do other things, now they sing about Jesus. That culture has been redeemed. In North India, um, the Naga people were headhunters. And they kept the skulls of their trophies at their doors to their houses. And they had big um, holes in their ears to put in horns, and they were tattooed to show how fierce they were people, Baptist missionaries came and they sorry, transformed their cultures and now they send out missionaries. Cultures can be redeemed. It. I'm going to tell the story of one person. It's an individual redemption, but it's also a cultural redemption. She was born on Christmas Day in a wooden house in the Himalayan mountains To a man and a woman who were not married, the mother was so shamed that she had the child and escaped over the mountains and disappeared from her life. The woman's sister then adopted her but did not want her. They put her in an orphanage. She was not loved. They took her to the capital city. She was put in a kindergarten. When she was two years old, she lived in the kindergarten. She had no care ever. Um, other children were put in the same kindergarten during the week, the parents would come take them home in the weekends she said, what is a mother? I don't know what a mother is. She grew up angry and bitter, she used to pee in her (laughs) teacher's food bowl um, because she was so angry then it turned out that her father was on the wrong side of politics and she was kicked out of the school and she had to go to a village, sorry they went and stayed in the highlands and um, in a grassland area and the only love she knew her father tried to care for her was a yellow horse and that she would the horse would protect her from the rain and she'd hide there and then she went to vi- to her father's family in another part of the country and she wasn't wanted there and she met an old professor that said if you want to get out of this life study so she studied hard she went to school she became a medical doctor she came back to where i was She met somebody who on Christmas Day took her a birthday cake because that was her birthday and she started weeping because her own family never cared for her to do that. And then she came to my English class and I had the joy of, of walking with her and helping her and somebody stole all her money and she was going to go kill them and she would, um, she hired thugs to break the kneecaps of somebody who insulted her brother and she was in the gambling dens and she did things that could have gotten her executed. But Jesus came and caught a hold of her. And she said, there was so much hatred in my heart. And in one instant, it was like a spool of thread. And it just started coming unwound, 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 unwound. And all of a sudden, she knew love. And God came and he transformed her. And she was a powerful leader. And she was in a very top, important... um, unit that had dealt with health and birth control and all those things. She sat with people from the capital city to rewrite government law about abortion and about birth control. She has brought the love of God into a place, a godless, godless place. And her family is transformed and the woman who did not want her, she supports and she helps and she cares for. God is beyond all and above all. Let's go to the last two slides. Next one. How is he going to transform you in your cultural context? How is he going to transform the people in the cultures of the missionaries that we support? We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.